series today we start turning for home would you lift your uh, voices with me bow your heads let's pray father we thank you for this day your goodness your kindness your grace your mercy that has appeared to us we thank you for this moment where we're all here together contemplating your word what would the spirit say to us what admonishment what encouragement and god i pray that at the end of this time that everyone will be enlightened everyone will be encouraged to move a little further and closer to you I thank you for this summer of preaching through the book of Ephesians and as over the next two weeks we close it, I pray that everyone has richly been blessed through the teaching of your word and I pray that today is no exception. This we believe you for, no one leads the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you. So I'm humming a little bit. Thank you, Colin, for such a great job. Where's Colin at? did such a great job today well as you know we've been preaching through the book of Ephesians and maybe it's this let's try this no it's not that we good cool okay we've been preaching through the book of Ephesians and uh, it's been a tremendous summer and we're excited about the fall that we have it's starting in just a couple of weeks a new preaching series but we want to do the last couple of weeks of this justice pastor Eric who has preached let's give God praise for pastor Eric he has preached uh, the majority of this series this was kind of his baby uh, the book of Ephesians and uh, women did a Bible study on it earlier in the year so we're excited and today to turn the corner toward home just a couple of things that we will contemplate today and I hope that it's been a, a great blessing to you as we get ready to go into the fall join me in Ephesians chapter 6 uh, beginning with verse 10 and we'll read through verse 20 and, and kind of go through there. So today is, is unique to me. It reminds me of when I was a child. We spend the whole summer, uh, I play a little football, there goes that football theme again, uh, kind of practicing. And then when we got to fall, they would issue equipment. And everybody was always excited about the day that they issued equipment. It made you feel like you were really a member of the team. And today, I want to liken uh, this summer series that we've been going through, preaching all summer as like we've been doing calisthenics, we've been running, we've been preparing, and now today, Paul wants to issue, watch this church, our equipment. Anybody excited about equipment day? <laughs> we get our equipment, right? It makes you feel like you're a member of the team. So today, Paul's going to say that, that the equipment is essential, and today, you have qualified for this release of your equipment. Finally, uh, it says verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Big text today, won't be able to preach everything. Going to hit a few points. Pastor Eric's going to wrap it up next week. Put on the full armor of God. It's equipment day. So that you may be able to take your stand against the devil's schemes. We do have a schedule. There is some opposition out there. Nobody's going to roll over and let us just win. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this darkness, a dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, it's not a question, but when, not an if, but when, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. That's the goal of today's sermon. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. 
and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And don't forget this and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all that's important, the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And Paul wraps it up here, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. My God. So Paul uh, writes to the church at Ephesus. And the first thing he, he, he starts off, he says, finally. And I thought that if, if we were, Paul was going to turn the corner and go home on this preaching series today, and he was going to say, finally, then we should look at, firstly, what have we learned over summer? We're so excited to have preached this text over uh, the whole summer. And so well, there's a slide up there that Pastor Eric had in mind when we first got started. What was the idea of the series and where, where were we going with it at first? And it was when worlds collide, that no matter how you entered the summer and where you were uh, when we started off, all of us had a position, all of us had, were placed somewhere in a disposition and, and we had a, like a point, a point where we were, where we could be found. And what God wanted to do over this summer was move all of us and this idea of heaven and earth. And, and some of us were probably more heavily influenced than earth, and some more earthly influenced. It didn't matter where you started. It was the concept of heaven and earth colliding. And at the end of the series, at the end of the summer, starting from Ephesians 1 and 1 till we get to Ephesians 6 and 9, all of us have had to contemplate what the Word was saying about us. Where, where did the Word find us in Ephesians 1 and 1, and where are we today as we, we go to Ephesians 6 and 10 and having preached through Ephesians 6 and 9? And so uh, what we hope is that over the summer there have been three things that some of us have been challenged by the word of God. And man, this word is coming. I, that wasn't my default position. That's not where I was, Pastor Eric. When you opened up Ephesians 1 and 1, man, I was honestly more earthly uh, uh, influenced than heavenly influenced. And maybe I thought I was heavenly influenced, but then when the word of God started hitting me, I realized that, man, I, I, I'm not as heavenly influenced as I thought I was. And maybe some of us have been challenged through this teaching. Challenged to look at our position. Challenged to look at where we were. Challenged to look at where we are in God. What is my standing? What is my status? How much do I let God's word influence me? And so anybody here over the summer, man, when you hear the word of God, the word of God comes to challenge you. You're challenged by this word. And then as Eric kept preaching, and he preached most of them, and we preached this sermon, this series, that some of us really just found out that, no, I'm wrong. No, 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 I, I'm off. No, I've been looking at that in the wrong way. I've been unduly influenced by the spirit of darkness, by, by things that I shouldn't have been influenced by. So not only have I been challenged through this sermon series, that I've also had the information that I needed to make a conversion, that I've shifted my position on some things. I've changed my mind 
I, I've heard God's word. I had a stuck position. I was, I was comfortable. I was good. But then God's word began to minister to my heart. It began to break me down. And the sacrifices of God, the Bible says, are a broken heart and a contrite spirit that when God begins to do a work in my heart, I have the ability now to change my mind. Anybody been converted after hearing the word of God? That I'm challenged. Not only am I challenged, I'm also converted. Now I'm all. <laughs> all right. That must be your conversion music. Is that your conversion music? Somebody say, man, that's my, that's my theme song. Yeah, I'll never let them see me sweat, man. Don't worry about it. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I've done this too long. So, so, so I'm challenged. I'm converted. And, and here's where, here, here's where the preaching collective hopes you've gotten. That not only does God's word challenge you and, and convert you, gives you information you need to make conversion, and you need the heart to make conversion. Hopefully today on equipment day, hopefully somebody's committed. Hey man, I'm committed to try to live differently in community. I'm committed to having heaven be more impactful than earth. I'm committed to having uh, the spirit be more influential on what I do, what I say, how I live, how I conduct my affairs than the flesh. Is anybody there? Because if you're there, I can preach to you for about 10 more minutes. That I've been challenged, I, I, you know, I've converted, and now I'm making a commitment. And Paul says that if you're at the point where you're ready to make a commitment, and, and here, here, here's how we know it, Right, because Pastor Eric, he, he did this really well. Since there's heaven and earth, that, that, that earth has no sorrow, that heaven cannot heal, but heaven has an agenda for earth. And most of us, you know, the earth doesn't acknowledge heaven, but then heaven comes to, to make its impact. And then, and then it, because heaven has an agenda for earth, God sent his spirit because we cannot do heaven's agenda in our flesh. And so then only the spirit will align with God's agenda. And so now we're more spirit than flesh and we can actually carry it out. But what's the proof? What's the proof of it that we're committed? It is how we're ready to reconcile and treat people. And so the proof in Ephesus was this coming together of Jews and Gentiles. And for you and I, it is how we're ready to go out and be different now after a summer series in all of our relationships and all of our interactions. And Pastor talked about what should happen in the home now that we have been uh, challenged, converted, and committed, that we should look at relationships differently and that nobody should struggle at our hand. And there, he preached the last couple of weeks about the realignment of what should happen and how we should see the role of women and all of that. And so there, all of that is really good teaching and so the reason we'll know that you're ready is that you're ready to go out and be better and be different, but mostly better and heavenly influence and spiritually influence when you interact with people. Amen? So now we're ready to do that. We're ready to take, and Paul says, but wait a minute, you don't get to have that challenge and to have undergone that conversion and you don't get to have this newfound commitment and just walk away with it. 
because you have moved from a place of, of, of being earthly to being more heavenly. And now you've moved from a place to being fleshly to being more spiritual. But Satan isn't happy that you've made that commitment. And so Paul says that if you want to walk into this, and if you want to be impactful in the lives of other people, he says you're going to have to put on some armor. You're going to have to cover your new position. You're going to have to cover this commitment because there are things that are going to come back at you just because you're there today and cause you to want to change your mind, to make a reversal of, of, of decision. He says that if you want to stay effective in God, if you want to be more uh, spiritually influential in, as you go out and interact with other people, then Paul says we're going to have to put on the whole armor. So what, here, here's what happened on equipment day. At the first day, first game of the year, there are about 70 people on campus. I went to Tech High School. At the time, it was the largest school in the state of Indiana. My graduating class was 900. And so, and so but only about 70 or 80 of us had football equipment. Everybody else showed up to the game. They had on t-shirts and sweatshirts. And my question to you today is, are you an equipment person or are you a t-shirt person? Are you going to wear a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or are you going to take this armor God's about to give you? If you have a t-shirt or a sweatshirt, you don't get to participate in the game. You don't get to go out there and clash and advance our cause. You had to sit on the sideline and cheer. But I believe today that God has called everybody in this room to get some equipment. I believe you've been called to engage. I begin, you've been called to advance the cause of God, to take the spirit of God and to move. And now that you've got this new commitment, now that you've been converted, now that you know that you're more spirit than flesh, now that you know that you're more heavenly influenced than worldly influenced, you've been called to get out there and be involved. And Paul says that you're going to need equipment. Here's what's true, though. The equipment didn't make us football players. We were already football players, so we got the equipment. I came to tell you today that you are in the army of the Lord, and if you have made this commitment, if you have undergone this conversion over this summer, and you want to look at life differently and marriage differently and family differently, and role uh, reverse, uh, differently, then, 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 then you are the prize. And so we don't need people to have equipment who are not committed. That's a waste of equipment. You're not going to engage. We need that sword. We need that helmet. We need that equipment. Because here's what's true, church. Only people who are in the army and in the army of the Lord need the equipment. It is easier, I should say, it is harder to make a soldier than it is to make the equipment. You only need the equipment if you're committed to being a soldier in the army of the Lord. And Paul says, listen. Here's what you've done over the summer. You've chosen a side. You've decided to be on the Lord's side, which means you've decided to be heavenly influenced. You've decided 
to be spiritually engaged and you've decided to be a part of God's agenda that blends and reconciles all people. You decided to, to be on God's side as he is bringing all things and all people back to him. So because you've done that, you've also decided that I'm not on the enemy's side. I'm not on earth's side. Yo, you've decided that yes, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. That I have this parallel existence. Yes, I go to Walmart like everybody else. Yes, I go to Kroger like everybody else. Yes, I pay a light bill like everybody else. But there's something different about us. We are a chosen people, a royal generation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We are living in the world, but we've chosen a different side. We've decided to be on God's side, which means we don't laugh at everything. We don't do everything that the world does. We're cool with being different. I love what Pastor Eric uh, challenged today. He says, I tell my sons, and, and this isn't a play, I, I, I take the same position. I try to enforce upon them, impress upon them, he says, what's important. I love this. Football is fun. Sports is fun. But in the grand scheme of things, y'all, we've decided to focus on what's important. Amen? We decided because we are in the world. But we've decided we're not of the world. There is something different about us. We drink coffee like everybody else. But our morning cup of coffee has something different attached to it. It has the destiny of God. It has the assignment of God. I eat breakfast so I can do God's will. I go to work to sustain my livelihood. Not so I can bring everything to myself, but so I can be more viable to do what God has called me to do. My mission is different. My assignment is different. My goal is different. My destiny is different. And Paul says, if you are like-minded, you don't get to walk in the world and not be of the world and not have the world come back and challenge that. You're going to need the armor because the world does not respect or regard those who are not a part of it. Paul says, you better read the fine print. Understand what you're getting into, Christian. Understand what you're getting into, believer. Understand what you're getting into, person who is more spiritually influenced than worldly influenced. So I'm going to get to the armor. So I helped someone uh, this weekend with a tremendous crisis. Last person I thought I would hear from this weekend, last thing I thought they would tell me. And, and yet, it, it was bad, no doubt. And he said, well, how do, you, how do we reconcile God when he allows these types of things? And this, 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 this one was a softball. So, oh, because Paul said that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering 
and in the power of his resurrection. So, so, so I get it, I get it, I get it. There are metrics and there are things that we associate with life in God. But the thing that makes us most like Christ, the thing that ties us to him, Paul says, that I might know him in fellowship with his suffering and in the power of his resurrection that our ability as believers because we have the armor of God, because we understand what we've been recruited to do, because we understand whose side we're on, because we understand the uniform that we put on, is our ability to take a licking and keep on ticking. It's our ability to stand. And Paul says, only people, watch this, who understand that need equipment. But if you're so committed, and if you understand that, and Paul says you definitely need the full armor of God, because that comes back to get challenged, right? So Paul says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that you can stand on your commitment. That you can stand for God, stand against the world, stand in the world, but against it. And that you can stand against all the schemes the enemy will bring to make you change your mind. To make you go back on your commitment. To make you go back on your conversion. And he says that there are things that you're going to need. Why? Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities. I don't have time for all of this today. Against the powers. Against the rulers of darkness of this age. Against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, Paul would not have us be ignorant concerning the battle that we are in. I was on a basketball team once. Uh, we never won a game. We was like, oh, and 10,000 or something like that. <laughs> it never got close. Uh, but one day, uh, we were warming up for a game and the other team didn't show up. And our coach announced to us, we won because of a forfeit. We went crazy, y'all. <laughs> like, oh, man, y'all, right on, we won. Let's go to McDonald's. Yeah, let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> the only game we won all year when the other team didn't show up. And yes, we went to McDonald's. You should have seen us high-fiving each other and all like that. I came to tell you, you're never going to win like that. The enemy that's coming against you and your commitment will always show up. You're never going to have a forfeit. You're always going to have to engage. So Paul says that we will stand against all of these things. It's getting late, so I will end. Paul says, stand. Stand in the grace of God. Stand in the gospel. Stand in courage and strength. Stand in and Christian and on your faith. Stand in the Christian liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not again Christian entangled in the yoke of bondage. Stand in unity with other believers. Stand in and with, Paul says, one another. 
count on me through thick and thin of friendships that will never end. When you are weak, I will be strong. Helping you to carry on, count on me. I will be there, don't be afraid. Please believe me when I say, count on me, I need you. You might be the reason I win. Both of us can't be losing on Tuesday. If I'm losing, I need you to be winning. Stand in Christian unity. Stand in the Lord. Stand in the complete and perfect will of God. If you've made a conversion, a choice, Paul says stand on it. You got there with good reason. You got there with good rationale. You are on the right team. You did do your due diligence. You have been discerning. You did come to this place. We gave you equipment because you took what it need, you, you did what it required to be on the team. You're on God's team. We need you. We don't have anybody on the bench. Everybody plays. Everybody's needed. Everybody's counted upon. And yes, it will be tough. So my question again, are we giving you equipment or are we giving you a t-shirt? Because if you're not going to play, you don't need this equipment. If you're not going to advance the cause of God, if you're not going to represent us in battle, you just need a sweatshirt. You just need a t-shirt. You can, you can wear that from a distance. Paul says the first thing we need is the belt of truth. I won't go through all six of them today. Only my big point today would be this. Paul says we need the blessed trait of righteousness, the defeat, preparation of the gospel of peace, the six that he says, and we need to pray. I'll end like this. If you're not committed, you don't need none of it. And, and, and we really, the armor doesn't make you a soldier. But if you're a soldier, you need the armor. So I wonder today, after a summer of preaching through Ephesians, having your positions, having them, having been challenged. The preaching of the gospel always challenges me. I never think it's a mistake when I show up and the word of God is being preached. I know I'm supposed to be there and it's supposed to challenge me. I never assume that I am now who I'm supposed to be. So I'm always open and available for spiritual conversion, going higher, being more, more of God and less of me. And at the end of the day, even if it hurts, even if it breaks me down, even if it's not the position I previously held, I know the one thing that God needs from me is commitment to move forward, to advance his cause. If you're here today, I want to pray for you that you too, we could go through those six armor and, and then the prayer. I think 
my last few minutes would be better spent challenging you to search yourself as to whether or not you qualify for this equipment. Are you a soldier in the army of the Lord? When I was a kid in church, somebody would just get up and say, you know, church for me was it's chaotic, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's how we had church. Somebody would just get up and say, I'm a soldier. And everybody else would say, in the army of the Lord. They say, I'm a soldier in the army. And then the second verse of the day would say, I've got my war clothes on. And everybody would say, in the army of the Lord, got my war clothes on. In the army, and here was the ultimate commitment that they would say in the song. They would say, and if I die, let me die. And everybody would say, in the army of the Lord, if I die, let me die. In the army. My question today is, are you in the army? Come on, let's give God praise for his word. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for a, a summer of preaching. You gave this, this, this word to Pastor Eric. It was his burn. He did such a tremendous job preaching through it. I know it was impossible to hear a summer worth of sermons and not have your position be challenged. Not only that, the preaching was so good there was fruit for conversion if we were honest with ourselves and if we interfaced with the word of God then I know that like Paul to the church of Ephesus still that word is supposed to bring us to conversion to contemplate to change what is the spirit saying and then at the end of the day, I know that if we've gone through it, you want us to be committed, committed to the things of God, committed to this concept of a chosen generation, a peculiar people, a royal priesthood in the world, but not of the world, distinguishing what's fun and what's important, what's lawful, but what's expedient, what benefits the kingdom, that we have died and our life is hid in Christ. And Paul said, but it's no longer I, but it is Christ who has lived, giving you the reins of this life so that we might advance your cause. And now today, God, I pray that on equipment day, we're going to the equipment room to get the armor of God, not t-shirts. I pray that what is extremely clear to everybody here, that if I got a t-shirt, it's only because I'm going to wear it under my armor. I'm a soldier, and I need that armor, and that armor doesn't make me a soldier. But because I'm a soldier and I'm committed to God, like Paul said, I need that armor. This we believe you for in Jesus' name.
Amen and amen. God bless you. Come on, let's give God praise for the word today.